we want to invite you to join us in a six-week online mentorship called Double Honor, Uprooting Shame in Your Life. Dr. Melody is going to be leading this and it's going to be starting on October 3rd, running for six weeks. Uh, And we would love to have you be a part. You can find out more information and sign up at givinglight.org slash classes. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And we're here with another episode of Life Exchange. Um, Today, our topics are really focused on one central theme or our questions. Uh, And so they're a little bit different, each one, but they're all focused around this this thought of criticism uh, or criticalness and being critical of ourselves and others. Uh, And so we're going to just explore different aspects of this today. So are you guys ready? We are ready. There is a fly in this room (laughs) and I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but it's been bothering me. So if I feel a little off, just it's probably this fly that I've got up and couldn't stand it anymore. (laughs) If you hear a loud sound. I haven't seen the fly. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. (laughs) All right. Well, our first question is, how can I establish healthy boundaries in relationships where I'm always criticized? I believe that there's two areas. The first area is how do I communicate to them? And the second area is how I deal with that internally, my perspective of that, how I feel about that, and you know how I'll process through that. So the first one is uh, how do I communicate or how do I deal with the person externally? And of course, we know boundaries keep the bad out and let the good in, correct? So I think we need to be a person that says, listen, what I've you know, what I tolerate will dominate. And I cannot tolerate this criticism, this devaluation, this uh, attack. It It is wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. So if I tolerate it, it will continue. So I have to have the courage to be able to confront. And so from my perspective, I would simply say, you know, the way that you communicated to me really is unacceptable because I hold value. And to treat me in that way is just wrong. I mean, to talk to me that way is just wrong. And and have not heated, not emotional, just communicating that boundary and communicating uh, how you are feeling about that uh, without because, attacking because someone. Because honestly, often they don't know. Sometimes they do, but until we communicate mm-hmm. how it's making us feel, mm-hmm. they just might not know. It just might be so second nature to them. Um, it's just the way that they live their life that until I actually say, and we might assume, well, how can they not know? How can they not know that this is hurting me? You know, Don't they see? Can't they understand? They honestly might not. And so until I say, hey, when you do this, right. it makes me feel this way. Uh, and then, you know... Uh, a semi-self-aware person is going to hear that and say, okay, I don't want you to feel that way, so I'm going to work on that. Some people, they just might not get it and the boundary might have to be a little more firm. But that first step of communicating, when you do this or I feel this when this happens or when you say this, this is what I, I'm hearing. Um, just that first step of communication is going to be really important uh, yeah, in answering Because if you don't this. draw the boundary, if you don't communicate 
they, it's not going to stop. Yeah, It'll exactly. continue. Yeah. Uh, and so what if it does continue even after you communicate uh, to them? Basically, you have to separate. Now, separation might not be separating from the person, but separating my thoughts from that. So, okay, Katie, you've been critical to me. I've communicated it, but you still carry this critical edge. So I do keep an emotional distance then. So it's an internal boundary I'm establishing inside of me to protect my thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, to protect how I'm not just viewing you, but how I'm viewing relationship and life and those type of things. Because I cannot allow that to be absorbed into my internal thinking, my internal belief system. I, I have to protect my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I might not watch a movie because of something on that because it, it's violating my soul. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, this this is not good for my soul. So it's easy to turn the TV off. Uh, But when it's a person, I just have to recognize around that individual, I have to draw the boundaries. I recognize they're critical. And therefore, I'm not going to go into deep conversations. I'm not going to uh, give my heart. And um, I mean, even... I guess it depends on the relationship. It does. And that's where I was going to go. You know, my, my husband grew up in a very destructive, critical, harmful environment, abusive, abusive uh, through throughout his life. And so he would just, in the early years, just view life through a critical lens. Mm-hmm. And he would see the negative in something rather than the positive. Well, that's a question that I have. Uh, I think most people think of uh, being critical in, in a negative light, but to be a critic or is basically to judge. Right, right. Right. So I understand most people view being critical of something it has a negative connotation, but it doesn't always. Like I think for someone that um, someone can be critical without being negative mm-hmm. because yes. they're just judging the situation. Like I'm I'm the type of person that wants to... S- wants to make the world a better place, not necessarily large scale, but in the areas that I have power or the areas that I have influence, let's say my kids, I want to speak into things that they could deem as me being critical, but I'm just trying to help or instruct or yeah, improve. That, that's called critical thinking where yeah. you're able to process the, the details of something, dissect it to the point that you can see what is helpful, what is not helpful, what is good, what is bad, what will produce or what won't produce. Yeah, so I guess the question I was just kind of asking, if someone is always critical or you're viewing the relationship is always critical, is there an element of constructive criticism or is it just all negative? Well, and I think that element, because I can be that way too, is I start to tear things apart in my mind and, you know, think about it critically. And I think that can be a real strength for for some people. Yeah. Um, but I think your strength can just as easily become your weakness if, um, if you are inserting that where you don't really have authority, where you don't have relationship. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I also thought that of you know, thinking critically is not always a negative thing. But if I'm inserting that, um, say, in a relationship where I have no 
you know, no connection, well, then I'm, my strength has become a weakness. It's become a liability for me in that relationship. Um, and the same with authority. If I'm not willing to actually do something about what I'm seeing, then is it my place to kind of be critical in that area or to communicate in that area? Well, there was a situation at being a young pastor, you know, I had some mm-hmm. ones that were very critical of who who I was or what I was doing and and all that stuff. Um, but there there was a point where I had to go, okay, is this still happening or am I still mm-hmm. carrying the emotion? Yeah. Right, of there it? you go. So I think sometimes if we've been criticized and anybody adds something, yeah. it triggers you. It triggers you. Yeah. So you get to a place where you think everybody's criticizing you. So yeah. as I grew or as the Lord was leading me and guiding me, I had to separate okay, yes, that happened in the past. There were those that were super critical, but now that's not the reality. And now I just needed healing from that right. so that I could, you know. Yep. It wasn't necessarily about creating boundaries because it was really things that I was dealing with internally. Mm-hmm. And so if if there's a fear there or anxiety there or if there's um, an expectation that everybody's doing Correct. Uh, that, then I yeah, I, I guess the th- I guess what I'm trying to say also is the question was where I am always criticized. Yeah. Always yeah. is a big word, yeah. right? Like that's not a word that we like to use in our household because always isn't always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because always tends to lean more towards feeling than actual facts. And so like if you're in that relationship, is it a, is it an abusive relationship where there's verbal verbal abuse or is it just something like, you're dealing with internally and you're just taking it on as... Well, well if this you're critical is always- of yourself, you will assume others will be critical of you. Yeah. And I think when uh, talking about the illustrations in your life, basically it was criti- criticism. I mean, it was targeted criticism, not just against what you did, but who you were as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really affected you because you absorbed it. And that's what I said earlier. We have to separate separate ourselves, maybe from a person if it's not somebody we live with or whatever. But we've definitely got to se- separate ourselves from it internally. We cannot allow that to be absorbed inside of us, because then we'll start believing those lies and making the assumption that everyone views us like they view us, which is not true at all. Well, that that was my conversation with the Lord. Is is this still a reality, mm-hmm. or is this, or am I still bound by the past right. feelings of it? So and good. so I felt like God at that time. This was a long time ago. I'm just remembering this now, but I remember God saying it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you get healing in in that internal in my heart, mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna notice it around me as much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, as I was talking about Stephen growing up in uh, that environment, uh, 
I mean, Joel and I, we were always the dreamers in the house. We were talking, you know, mm-hmm. we were going to change the world, okay? Uh, we'd talk about things and we say, we can do this and we can do that. And Stephen would always come in, well, what about this? What about this? Yeah. That's the yeah. critical thinking. Yeah. And uh, we go, we come dream smasher, dream smasher. And we would, we would tease him and, and uh, because we thought he was just trying to smash our dreams. Mm-hmm. And when in actuality, we should have listened to him because he did carry very solid critical thinking yeah. that when we didn't listen to him, guess what? Those things that he brought up took place. Yeah. So then we began to learn the things that he brought up. If we come up with solutions for those things before we launch out, then we've got some problems solved before the problem ever comes. And so he's he's very good at critical thinking, uh, but it did leak over in some areas because he was very critical of himself. So he kind of viewed the his self-view, his other's view, his worldview through more of a, a critical lens. But as healing took place, those things began to dismantle and... Uh, so, so much we have to recognize the it's person. It's kind of like being, if someone's hard on you, you probably have to recognize that they're probably really hard on that's themselves. That's what I was just going to say. They're critical. This is this is their their view. They're struggling internally, and so it's if we take those things personally. Uh, the fact is we're not going to be able to see really the problem is within them. Mm-hmm. And so I think learning to separate the person from the problem and ourselves from someone else's words or attitudes that might be negative towards us. Yeah. So in this question, we're talking about boundaries. How do I establish healthy boundaries in a relationship where I'm always feeling criticized? So I think we hit some really important parts. If if that, I love that you brought up that up about always, because if this is happening with everyone mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, I'm just going to draw a boundary. You're going to end up by yourself is what's going to mm-hmm. happen because yeah. every person is going to feel, it's going to feel like a personal affront to you. And, and you're going to notice your circle is getting less and less and less and less because maybe you're drawing those boundaries where, um, where it's really more a you issue. You're hearing that, that criticism within yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that you brought up that dynamic. It's not something I was really thinking about. Um, but then on the other hand of this is if that's not the case and we just have that, you know, I hate to say it, but like that one rotten apple, like, like we do have to draw a boundary. So how do we do that? Well, how do, how do I stop that toxicity from being a part of my, um, affecting my life in such a strong way? And I will say, I think if this is marriage, Go get a go get a counselor. Yeah. Go get a counselor and work through it together because that it's very very important. If you are constantly feeling criticized by your spouse, um, significant other, you have to work through that. And I think counseling is a well, great you, way to do that. If you that. don't do counseling, you could just force your spouse to listen to this episode. <laughs> Still, I'm sure, I'm without sure they're going to appreciate it. <laughs> Unless you're a very strong couple, um, <laughs> without a mediator, I just see like dishes flying. <laughs> so. Um, but I yeah. thought of you when I heard this episode, <laughs> Mister Critical. Don't your like doesn't your spouse love it when you're like, I was listening to this and I think you really need to hear it. Like, feels a little passive aggressive, but <laughs> um, 
But if it's not... I saw this Jenny Craig commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you trying to die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh if it's a, how honest can you be in your relationships? <laughs> you guys are pretty honest with each other. <laughs> we are sometimes to our own pain. Well, we've we've learned you and I. You've been that honest with me a couple of times. I'm like, um, I can't handle quite as much. He's a little sensitive snowflake. <laughs> Didn't I? I just said you. I'm not a snowflake. I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> but anyway, so if it's. Uh, that kind of close, intimate relationship that you really need to work out. Um, this other stuff we're talking about, boundaries, might be different. Like you you actually just need to work that out together. Well, I would say the first step of creating boundaries is communication. Yeah. 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 Uh, a funny example. I don't know if it's funny, but, you know, the question was, you know, in relationship where you always feel criticized. Well, my daughter has said to me a few times, why are you always criticizing me? Why are you always crit? And, you know, I am one that will speak into things and I don't necessarily see it as criticizing. Now, I will put this into context. When I when she says, why are you always criticizing me? She is, she's basically saying, saying that I'm placing a judgment on how clean her room is. <laughs> but my thought is we cannot have rodents... <laughs> Uh, we cannot have a safe haven for rodents <laughs> and varmints <laughs> in our bedroom. <laughs> so my point in saying all that is obviously that's not my heart to be critical. And so when I hear her communicate that, I now have an opportunity to change or at least reflect on what she's saying. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's important because yeah. if you never communicate something – and you never share how someone's behavior is affecting you, it's going to be repeated. Yeah. yeah. And I would say most people, we'll say most people, if they are critical, it's because they probably see a better way of doing something. Yeah. Or they want to make it better. Or they, uh, and they're doing it because they care. Maybe it's not the, you're not having the best experience from it. But so sometimes with most people, just communicating it and sharing how you feel can just be really just a first step to establishing it. Obviously, if it's a really unhealthy relationship, uh, the stronger the boundary needs to be. But for for a lot of people, it might just be like, hey, when you keep on doing this, I really feel horrible. Yeah. <laughs> or I feel not validated or, or, or whatever it is. And with that said, once you've communicated how you feel, how it makes you feel, then you can also communicate the boundary that you're setting up. So you can say, um, um, when you do that, or when I hear these words, I feel this. So if this continues, then this is going to be the boundary. Then I'm going to consider it that you are choosing to separate from this type of conversation with me. It's now I've made you aware of it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to consider that if you choose to violate this, then, then it's your decision because I have made my boundary. The example I like is if you talk about your yard um, and if it's your yard, you can let your dog 
have its way in your yard <laughs> and never do anything about it because it's your yard. It doesn't matter um, what anybody else really thinks unless you're in an HOA and then you might have problems. But um, but if it's your neighbor's yard and you just go let your dog take a dump all over the yard every day and don't clean it up, that's going to be a problem. Why? Because it's it's their yard. Yep. So they get to determine the boundary lines Very good analogy. in their yard. And so the same with us emotionally is if it's yours, if that's the way you live your life, I really can't do anything about it. But when it comes to my life and how you're crossing into my quote unquote yard, I have some say here. And so if you are going to continue to come into my yard um, and, and violate my boundaries, then we're going to put up that no trespassing zone and say... You're no longer welcomed in this area of my yard because of this. If it's really affecting you that much, you have to be brave enough to communicate. Mm -hmm. I think where people make the mistake is, well, they should just know what I'm feeling or or expecting someone just to read my mind. Yeah, yeah. And if it is really affecting you, if it is causing you distress or stress, mm -hmm. You got to be brave enough to communicate it and share what's going on. Yeah. And if you're being criticized in a general sense on social social media oh. or from someone you don't even have a relationship with, just drop it and say, bless their hearts and keep on going. Because yeah. um, what they say and do has no power over you and you don't have power to change them. So just go on with your life. Sometimes I think we make mountains out of molehills in relationships that we really don't have uh, that bridge of connection, heart connection with. Yeah, I think like we were talking about earlier, it's a real um, eye-opener because uh, I can even think of you know a couple people in my life where um, their narrative, what they believe is that everyone is always criticizing them or always talking about mm. them or always uh, making judgments about them. And in my mind, when I hear that constantly about every person, I think there's one common denominator here. Yeah. And so if you notice yourself or someone else doing that, when it is that always, I'm always being criticized, um, it just really opens your eyes to say, okay, Am I real? Am I criticizing myself? Is this narrative something that I have, um, I have, in my mind that that everything that I receive is running through that grid, um, and I'm I really need to focus on myself uh, and seeing my value in myself, seeing worth in myself, because, um, because you shouldn't be living constantly criticized, and that includes coming from yourself. Um, so, yeah. So it's. Not just what we hear, but how we hear it is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So somebody could even give a compliment and you think they said this because. Yeah. So I'm yeah. hearing it through the wrong grid, yeah. my internal grid. It could be my shame. It could be my fear. It could be my past experience. It could be just how I view myself. Yeah. I think yeah. we should use every experience to learn and grow. Yeah. I think what can be difficult, and if we want to be honest with ourselves, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of critiques that we receive have an element of truth, whether mm. we want to accept it or mm. not. That's good. Even maybe from what someone might deem as a quote-unquote enemy. Obviously, if it's total fabrication and lies, I don't even know why it would bother you because that's the furthest thing from me. But right. when it hurts, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I do do that. Yeah. <laughs> And so, so 
even so when you tease me about not being funny there's some element of truth to that what do you think (laughs) (laughs) i know that it is so i just do you have a goal of being a stand-up comedian (laughs) no i don't am i smashing your dreams you know i i I just i just let you tease me and it's okay i don't feel (laughs) criticized Because I know it's true. I'm not funny. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, if we do have a relationship, I know that this is probably a side that we didn't want to necessarily hear about, but you know, there could be elements of truth that you're hearing from the the critiques. And so, um, maybe getting some other outside voices or take take it to the Holy Spirit. Actually, that that's funny because um, my best friend, her husband and I think kind of similarly in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And she will get upset because if she's going through something, like something happened and she's like in her emotions about it, mm-hmm. um, she'll come to me or go to him. Well, she'll go to him or come to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, why do you guys say the same thing? Why do you, why can't you be on my side? Because we're giving her a different perspective <laughs> of how Not she's one might that be she seeing wants to hear, like, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, who does? And that applies vice versa too. Just having another perspective can be a really valuable tool here. Yeah, that's good. So we have another aspect of uh, the topic today of being critical. and Or do you guys have anything else that you no, want to add to that either. last one? No. All right. So the next aspect of this is, I'm starting to realize that I find it easy to be critical of the people around me. I'm not sure how to change. Give me something that I can start working on. I think first and foremost, congratulations. Yeah, I think I if thinking. you recognize yeah. that this has become a pattern for you, if you notice it, you are light years ahead of so many people because you notice it. You see that it's happening. And because and when you notice it, you can do something about it. You can work on it. So I say, you know, big ups to you for, <laughs> for owning mm-hmm. this yeah. uh, and realizing it in your life. So uh, it's a great place to start. Yeah, I thought the same because not many people would ask a question like that because that is being self-aware right there. And so you have a huge part of the battle already won because you're aware that that propensity is there. Uh, I think the scripture, and it's Matthew 7, 2, it says, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. That's scary to me. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And when I... If I feel I'm being judgmental or critical or whatever it is, whatever action that I've become self-aware of that is not healthy, I recognize that if I continue in that, it it'll boomerang. In fact, it's a scientific uh, principle of the boomerang effect of whatever I say, whatever I do immediately feeds back into my own neural memory and becomes a part of me. And we know that our thoughts uh, shape not just our neural memory, but every DNA strand in our body. And I think, oh my gosh, if I'm being critical all the time, I have this critical edge, judgmental edge. What am I doing to myself? And uh, if we could process that and recognize that I will be judged with the same measure that I judge, I think that there's almost like a holy, godly fear and almost an internal conviction that we can embrace saying, what do I want my future to look like? Mm 
Uh, do I want to live the rest of my life like this? Because the fact is, if you're critical of someone, they're going to run away from you. But if you validate them and honor them and support them, even if you don't agree with them, it's okay, but you value them in their in intrinsic worth, then they're going to be drawn to you. So you talked earlier, Katie, about, you know, you have just put yourself into isolation. And I think being critical can really separate us from people and, and we're going to be the one that suffers most from that. I would say a practical way or a tip would be don't overvalue your way of thinking. <laughs> That's good. Like if you're always critical of those around you or you're, you're getting testy when something happens, maybe you just need to step back and say, my way is not the best way. Mm-hmm. My way is not the only way. <laughs> and so kind of being self-aware of like, listen, People live their lives differently all the time yeah. and not be so aggressively, proud. what's that? Proud or arrogant. Proud or arrogant or... Um, I mean, I said this earlier, but it could be a strength of yours to, to look at something and to see a better way to do it. It really could be a strength that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's also recognizing those two other elements I mentioned. Do you have a relationship? And do you have authority? Yeah. Um, because if you don't and you and you bring that out, your strength has just become your weakness. Um, and it's not going to be helpful for you in relationship. It's not going to cause anybody to change. It's just going to cause you to become uh, more critical towards them, more judgmental towards them, and to separate yourself uh, even more. So you know what? You might see a better way to do it, but it's like you said, it's not the only way to do it. Um, and... If somebody's inviting your advice, I I love the question, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, are you open to a suggestion of how to do something differently? Or are you co- perfectly content living the way you're living, even if it's not working out very well? Well, I guess another question would be like, okay, you're saying that you're... Cr- you're becoming more and more critical. Are you verbalizing it mm-hmm. or are yeah. you just stewing in it mm-hmm. and just looking and just getting offended with the actions of yeah. the people around you? I think that's definitely not going to lead to a, a a healthy mind. Well, I mean, again, how's that working for you? <laughs> is, yeah. is that the life that you want to stay in? And clearly it's not because this person is asking, uh, what change. do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Another tip I was thinking was choose to encourage and empower the person over correcting the process. Oh, that's so good. So instead of, okay, like let's say you see something that you want to attack or uh, be critical of or give your two cents, how can I encourage this person? How can I empower this person? Yeah, I think that's a really big key here if you're trying to change behavior to actually change (laughs) the way that you're Mm -hmm. thinking. Um, and just making that a personal challenge that every person that you see, um, that you are going to look for the good first because you've obviously trained um, your brain to look for the the problem, whether that is out mm. of your strength or just out of habit. Um, but if you begin to actually be intentional saying, okay, I'm going to find something good here. I'm going to find something to encourage them with. Um and then begin verbalizing those things. I think that in itself, over time, if you keep repeating that, you're going to change mm-hmm. your behavior. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to bring internal peace. Uh, I, I've 
found the scripture, I love this, in Galatians 5, uh, 14 and 15. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And I looked up the definition of critical. It means expressing adverse or disapproving comments or judgments. And so the fact is, if I live my life that way, it is going to cause me to be devoured, me to be consumed, and I'd be hurting others in the process. And for me, and this is probably just my mental perspective, but I, if, if I'm hurt, I can process through that. But if I am the source of hurting another person, oh my gosh, that is, that is horrible for me to deal with. I don't want to be the perpetrator. I don't want to be the critical one. I don't want to be the judgmental one. <laughs> if somebody does that, I recognize they're hurting themselves and I'll have to process through. But if I do it, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ on that one word, and that's love. And it's not the emotion of love. It's the powerful choice to see somebody else the way God sees them. And when I'm critical of them, I'm looking at maybe an action, an attitude, maybe even something they are doing that isn't good. But the fact is, having that judgmental spirit literally will sabotage our ability from really being a supporter or solution in their life. And that's not where I want to be. One of the reasons why there might be a tendency to be critical to those around you is because you're trying to control everything. Mm. And so a tip would be relax. (laughs) You don't have to control everything. And the more grace you give people to be imperfect, the freer you will become. Yes. And so just... Um, there was, well, I'll just say it, take a chill pill. It's okay. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a prescription. It's just, you know. Not a Bible verse. It's no. just a good idea. No. <laughs> well, sometimes we look for people to be just like us, so it validates what we are, rather than allowing them to be who God created them to be Yeah. and work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, and we do the same. Yeah. And just to this question of what do I do or however it was worded, um, I think, you know, you're looking for change and repentance means change. Um, And so I think a great thing to do or place to start is to repent, repent to God, uh, repent to yourself for this habit that has become um, your norm of just being critical of others or of yourself and just ask God to forgive you, forgive yourself for walking in that uh, and just beginning that process, even in your heart um, is, and then ask the Holy Spirit, say, okay, I've just given this to you. Um, I'm repenting of this. I want to change. Now I'm asking you to help me to change. Um, And then, and then listen, respond to what he he is saying. Um, And then if you notice yourself getting critical of someone, then you can become quicker to repent. Um, Forgive, forgive yourself. You know what? If you did it out loud, forgive or ask that person to forgive you. Say, Hey, I'm really working on this. Um, I just messed up. Would you forgive me? Um, You know, thank you. That's going to, that's going to do so much just to strengthen that relationship. 
just in general. Um, but then just, just walking in that process, cause you're going to mess up. You are trying to correct a habit <laughs> or to change a habit. That's going to take time. It's going to take practice, but just being in that mode of quick repentance of, okay, I recognized it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for forgiveness uh, and I'm going to do something differently. And just that process over time, repeatedly, um, you're going to notice big, big changes in your life. I can almost guarantee it. That's so good, Katie. And I I, I think uh, quick repentance, but also quickly asking for forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think they go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. They do very much so. Yeah. And if every time, if I'm critical of you and I immediately repent, I will be much less likely to be critical <laughs> if I know I'm going to require myself to repent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're going to start to build trust with people because yep. if you do that with someone, they're going to say, oh my gosh, they they own that. They yeah. clean up the mess. I think I want to be around this person yep. rather yep. than if you're just critical of them all the time, it's going to drive a wedge. But that um, that forgiveness and that openness is going to bring you together. Yep. So they asked for something that they can work on. I think they got more than just one thing. <laughs> Hopefully you got something there, yeah. I yeah. was just thinking as we're talking, like we're just like saying it the way <laughs> it is. But if you were sitting here in person, we would be communicating to you probably with a whole lot more compassion and we wouldn't be like quite so bottom line or, or me anyway. I wouldn't be so <laughs> bottom line. But Speak uh, for yourself. We don't even know if speak for yourself. You know what? Someone just... <laughs> told me yesterday they they appreciate how I can tell like I can be honest and tell them like it is and that's a comment I've gotten throughout my life (laughs) I appreciate that you can be honest with me and call out what needs to be called out and still love me and I feel like that speaks to who I am because you your your way of communicating it is seasoned with a true love and value because for them. Because I really them. do love. Yes, that's but right. But it just might come across. Well, that's where I missed it. You gotta <laughs> love people. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to do that when my sisters were younger. I would just say it like it was. And my mom goes, why are you doing this to me? Why are you making my life so much harder? So hopefully I've gotten a little softer around the edges. Uh. But that to say, if you were in the room, I don't know. You have to come be in the room for us to find out. <laughs> never understood why my counseling business never just <laughs> took <a> off. <laughs> or why Layla says, there why are no you being critical customers. of me? <laughs> so now the next time the room is the way the room is, you, okay, let's talk about how do you want your room to be? Talk about Layla. Yeah, I know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> I don't know that that would be. <laughs> no, she'd go, oh, he's being so sweet. Now I don't have to change I at don't, all. <laughs> how can I put this? I don't negotiate with terrorists. Oh okay. <laughs> Why are you being critical of me? Well, have you looked at your room lately? <laughs> because I, I can't even look at it. It is so bad I cannot even look at it. <laughs> and she really doesn't think there's anything. <laughs> yeah. It's her natural habitat. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about um, fixing up the room, painting the walls or new carpet, but, you why? know. <laughs> why? Because she paints her toenails and, <laughs> yeah. She'll either grow out of it or she won't. It'll, but yeah. she's like the sweetest person, the most loving. and We can't know. all be perfect. <laughs> right. Hey, that's, I think that's a good point. 
nobody's perfect. (laughs) We cannot all be perfect. Some things you're going to have to let slide. Some things, there are people in my life, I love them so dearly. I love so many things about them. And then there's that one thing that they do that I cannot stand. Well, guess what? I have to get over it. (laughs) It's just the way it is. If the conversation starts out with, I just love them, you know something's coming. (laughs) That's a choice. I just love them. I'm going to choose to tell myself, remind myself as they are chewing so loudly with their mouth open. I love them. Well, then I think we have to learn to choose our battles wisely, correct? (laughs) Uh, If they're chomping, that's one thing I've always hated. (laughs) You know, you're hearing somebody crunch and chew. your kids... They, I always give them candy, much probably to your dismay. But one day, they, um, your youngest had a, a lollipop, and he was standing behind me, just like sucking this lollipop, <laughs> like puckering. And I was like, "Dude, you gotta stop." Well, he knew it bothered me, so guess what he did? Did it more? <laughs> he doubled down. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but oh, the chewing with your mouth open, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, kids do like to. Um... <laughs> Instigate. (laughs) So do adults sometimes. (laughs) All right. Well, are we ready for question number three? Yep. It's a big one. All right. We saved the big one for the last one. And it's uh, how can I silence my inner critic? So we'll go to our resident shame expert (laughs) (laughs) to start us off. Well, I think we have to recognize that. Uh, what we believe about ourselves holds more power to our self-view than anything anybody else. These other two questions, no matter what somebody else says, no matter what somebody else does, it will not hold the weight to affect uh, the way we believe about ourselves, our decision-making, all those things as much as what I believe about me. And yeah, the shame, which is... Uh, a false identity, fear, which is a false reality. I lived in it so much that even if someone complimented me, I saw that inwardly they were being critical of me. Why? Because I was so horribly critical of myself. So the fact is, at some point in time, we have to choose to believe what God says about us, no matter how we feel about ourselves. We have to renounce and break agreement with every lie, with every uh, realm of self-criticism that we have and replace it with what God says about us. He loves us. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Our life is not a mistake. He put it on this earth at this time and this purpose um, with a purpose and a calling. And uh, if we can't see value in ourselves, we'll never walk that out. So, you know, it it that's one of the big battles. That's why we're doing a whole training on uh, shame, fear, and control. Because if we can confront those things inside of us, then we'll see that self-critic begin to minimize because we'll begin to see our value and our worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you might have more practical things to well, say. Well, I, I I do just just to start out with this question. I think some people's inner critic is just louder than others. Just naturally. I think some people live more in their head. Some people live more in their guts. Um, So some people just are in their head more. And so that, of course, anytime it goes to shame, condemnation, accusation, um, then we know that we're stepping into 
a realm that doesn't belong to us as a right. redeemed child of God. But so just, when you say that uh, they live from their gut, you're saying they're more intuitive. Yeah, they're just you know we all know respond. people that they just they just live life a little more like they just decide and do. They're not, and then you know people that just have to process through every little mm-hmm. decision that they make. We just are different as humans in that way. Um, You know, I know this couple that one of them, um, they are a dreamer and they're a go-getter. So they dream and they go get. And then the other, the spouse processes every decision. They want the details, they want the outlines. Mm -hmm. So they're just very different people. Um, And so I think that inner critic sometimes can just be, we're in our head so much. Um, And then there might be a maybe a bigger opportunity for us to um, give way to that the voice of the accuser because we are just processing all of the time, and I can relate to that. Um, but I think just to say, you know, just in a natural sense, some people's inner critic is louder than others. <laughs> it just, it just is. And every life experience is different. You know, yeah. our past are different. Our the good, bad, and ugly of our life is different. So we view things uh, more subjectively rather than maybe what God says about us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth Hagin said way back many years ago, he said, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Yeah. And I love that because that's that's the revelation that I need, is what does God say about me? Uh And I think whether we're in our head or we're intuitive, uh, the fact is I must believe what God says about me. Otherwise, what goes through my head, oh my gosh, mountains can be made out of molehills or what I feel intuitively will cause me to maybe react, overreact, be over-emotional, be over-aggressive, over-whatever because I'm trying to make something happen because I'm so... I see myself as a failure, so I got to make this thing work. Yeah, you know. So yeah, and as those thoughts different. are coming, um, you can always ask yourself, "Would God say this about me?" Yeah, and I think that can be a, almost a two question for some people. And so I like to ask, "Would you say that about a person that you love?" Mm, that's and good. most of the time, they'll say no because maybe you don't know what God would say about you in that moment. But would you say that to somebody that you loved? And most of the time the answer is no. Okay, do you love yourself? Um, Because if you can draw that conclusion of, oh, I'm not walking in self-love right now. I'm not walking in self-compassion. I'm not um, receiving the love that God has for me. Um, If you can have that recognition, then you can begin to change that and say, okay, well, clearly this is not love. So what is love? Well, love doesn't keep record of wrongs. So if I'm constantly being critical of myself and having that voice, well, what did I do wrong? Did I say something? Did I do something? Well, love doesn't keep the score. And so what is the most loving thing I could do for myself right now is to say, okay, that happened. I'm good. I'm just going to let it go. Uh, and I'm going to trust that I am still loved. Even if I made a mistake, I'm, I am still loved. <laughs> Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm going to choose to be kind to myself right now. Um, and so if you wouldn't say it about someone that you love, then don't say it about yourself. Begin to love yourself. Begin to learn what love looks like, what self-love. And I don't mean self-love in a humanistic way. I mean self-love in the sense of how does God love you? Um, God called you to love yourself. Um, that is not wrong. And so just begin to say, okay, love is patient. 
I'm going to be, I'm going to choose right now, instead of being critical of myself, I'm going to choose to be patient with myself and just own up to the fact that I'm still learning and still growing. Amen. That was good. (laughs) I've practiced this myself. (laughs) I know. (laughs) In Jeremiah, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I've drawn you with unfailing kindness. Yeah. I think that's the heart of my God. Yeah. (laughs) When I was at my very, very worst, he was drawing me with his unfailing kindness. So he, oh my gosh. If anybody can be a judge, it is the judge of the whole earth, right? And that's what the judge of the whole earth says about us and how the love that he has for us. And that's really a powerful uh, thing to believe, but it's often a very difficult thing to believe because we live with ourselves. And, And honestly, if I mess up, I will immediately become a self-critic, not as in shame, but I just judged myself. What I just did was not appropriate. Mm -hmm. And that judgment was made not to condemn me, not to shame me, but so I could come back into alignment with truth, alignment with his heart, uh, so that I can move forward without that hanging over me. Because none of us do things perfectly all the time, right? Yeah. Well, in order for me to answer this, I think there's another question that has to be asked first. So the question was, how can I silence my inner critic? But my question is, who is your inner critic? Mm-hmm. Well, one, it could be the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? Well, the scripture says to give no place, yeah. mm-hmm. give no opportunity. Good. So if the if you are able to discern that that inner critic is the lies of the enemy, well, then you know what to do with it. You give no place for it. So good. Yeah. Well, if you discern that your inner critic is yourself, well, then what do you do? Well, do these thoughts align with the Word of God? Mm-hmm. So you have to know the Word of God. You have to be feeding on the Word of God. And then from that place, I can discern, should it be silenced or not? Does it align with the Word of God? Well, the next one is, is your inner critic the Holy Spirit? Mm, yeah. Oh, that's good. Because the Holy Spirit, now I'm not talking about it in a negative sense. I'm talking about that He judges or He convicts us mm-hmm. of things that are contrary to His will and His way. Mm-hmm. So do we want to silence the inner critic if it's the Holy Spirit? Well, no. So what should we do when we discern that it's the Holy Spirit? Well, we need to submit and repent, which always leads to life. So I would say first you need to discern who the inner critic is. If it's the enemy, right away. No place, no opportunity. And how do you know if it's the enemy? Is it killing, stealing, or destroying? Is it a destructive thing? Um, if, is it condemnation? Is it accusation? Those are ways that you could discern yourself, but sometimes it's also having someone else speak into your life yeah. as well. Um, yes, I, I do believe that if it's from the enemy, it's stealing, killing, and destroying. It's condemnation. It doesn't lead to life. If it leads to torment and harassment, then that's from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God is convicting us, it's to lead us into life and freedom. Correct. So that's how, at least for me, I know that it's the enemy. Um, 
Now, what happens if the inner critic is yourself? Like you said, some people are kind of like more in their heads more, and other people are just living life as free birds. In the, in Not that they have no cares yeah, in the world. But yeah. We're talking about kind of two extremes. Yeah. But let's say you're really in in your head space and you're always uh, criticizing yourself. Well, what you need to do is how constant is it? Because I believe that there is a place for mm-hmm. us to look inside and say, hey, this is off. This doesn't feel right. I need to grow in this. I need to mature in this. Yeah. And obviously that's through the work of the Holy Spirit as well, co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. But I would say if your inner critic is always on or it's always consistent, I would say there needs to be an adjustment there. Um, because if you're always seeing fault within yourself, I, I think that there's probably an element of shame there. Most well, definitely. and if I can interject, sure. um, but... A lot of times I've had to ask myself, okay, am I God or is God God? Because if I'm always in my head and trying to control everything in yeah. order to try to maintain some sense of peace, then I'm, I've taken too much onto my own shoulders, onto my, into my own hands. And that's when I have to say, hey, guess what? I've just recognized I'm trying to be God here and I'm not God. And you need to silence it. And I right? need to yeah. silence that by giving that over to the Lord and saying, okay, this has gotten out of control because I'm trying to control it all and I can't do it. And so mm. I just have to, I have to just surrender. I have to give it over to him and say, hey, I can't figure this out. And I've recognized this isn't mine to figure out right now. So I'm going to cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. And that's one way for me uh, when I do get too in my head is just, it's it's that act of laying it down before him and trusting that God is God and I am not, and that he knows what he's doing, that he's been, he's already been in the future um, and that he has graced me to do what he's called me to do. And my responsibility is to let him do what his part is in, in this. Yeah, like I said, I think that there is a place uh, for yourself to to evaluate yourself, but like what you were saying, if it's a continual harassment and you're trying to figure it out or you're trying to control it and it's something that is nonstop, then yeah. then you have to take control of yourself yeah, and lay it, submit it to the Lord, give it to the Lord. Yeah. Like I, I'll just say, well, I do not like the direction that this is taking me. That's good. <laughs> okay. And, and I'm horrible at directions, just naturally speaking. <laughs> but if I, if I say, I don't like the direction that I'm going right now. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it to him and let him navigate. <laughs> I'm going to let him lead me to what I should put my thoughts, my uh, attention on and what I shouldn't. So I think we... So you silence it by where you place your attention. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to look to him and let him steer the ship because I'm not good at it. I'm clearly not doing a good job right now. So I'm going to put the captain hat. I'm going to take it off of myself, even though it's never really on myself, but um, that perception of it, I'm going to put it where it belongs on him and he's going to steer my ship. Um, So, yeah. I lost my train of thought just now, so... (laughs) (laughs) Let the Lord lead you. Um, yeah. 
Oh, I, I was going to say. We're not helping her out at all. No, we're I know. You guys are just like, okay, well, that's good. <laughs> no, I was going to say, we talk so much because it's kind of who we are about self-awareness and self-assessment. And like you were saying, there is a place for that. Um, but just to say very loud and clear, that should always, always, always be done in partnership with the Holy Spirit. For sure. And I would say it has a place, but I don't think it's a big place. I would say it has a place. What do you mean by that? Well, what do I mean by... What has a place? Like self-awareness? Oh, self-awareness. Okay. But I, I, I think if you're just always stuck in yourself, yeah. then that's not then healthy you're either. Your Actually, own that is... You need to be self-aware about your over-self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes idolatry. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, you're making yourself the main focus of your yeah. life and... That was never meant to be. Yeah, I just think it has a place, but I don't think it's a very big place. Because if if your world just revolves around you, well, then that's not gospel. Well, I think when we talk about self-awareness, it's like, mm, I am aware that my thoughts do not align with the Word of God. So therefore, what are my choices going to be? So it's recognizing whether I'm walking in health or I'm walking in fear, or I'm walking in love, or, you know, it's just uh, instead of blame casting or looking and blaming my world for everything, I recognize I have some personal responsibility here for what's well, going on in my head. I guess what I'm saying is, is if self-awareness becomes your focus, if that's, that's all where you do. it's out of whack. Yeah. And if you're trying to do it without God, yeah, then... You know, again, because whenever the Holy Spirit idolatry. reveals something, there's always a supernatural grace yeah. that accompanies what He reveals to give us the ability to walk that out. But just because I know it and I'm self aware of it doesn't mean I have the solution. So I do need the Holy Spirit that, oh, I'm aware right now. I'm really struggling with shame. I'm really struggling with fear. I'm really struggling with being critical of myself all the time. Holy Spirit, I lean upon you. What is the direction? Uh, how do you want me to walk this out, Lord? You know, and, and just run to the author and the finisher of your faith. Uh, so it's what we do with, quote unquote, our self-awareness. We're not getting stuck in there and just keep going around the mountain over and over and over. I know it, so that's just the way I am. No, that's not what it's for. <laughs> yeah, I think I always um, go back to God is not a category in my life. Mm. This is a fully integrated relationship. Yes. And so every every aspect of my life, whether it's my thoughts, uh, my actions, my beliefs, every part of it, my relationships, uh, he he gets to sit on the throne of my uh, life in every area and I'm by no means perfect. <laughs> but just keeping that mindset of um, there's no area of my life that I'm doing without him. And so when it comes to self-awareness, self-assessment, personal responsibility, all these things, um, I'm doing it with him, not without him. Right. And that is to me critical <laughs> to our um to our faith is the relationship aspect of this is with him not me and then him <laughs> so amen all right well i'm getting the the nods of we're done so <laughs> um so we hope that this episode was helpful for you in some way we'd love to hear your feedback uh, and if you have any questions you can send them into life exchange podcast at gmail.com and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. 
We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you would leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.